0: Hello again, my lovelies. This is Don's Pinball Podcast. I am back after an extended hiatus for episode number 82, but this is the big one. We got a lot to talk about. I'm coming back from the IAPA Expo in Florida, and it has blown my freaking mind. Let's go. I cannot even begin to conceptualize or process what my brain and body has gone through over the past week at the IAPA Expo, International Association of Amusement Parks and Adventures. Um, Happens in Orlando, Florida every year and, and in other places around the country and around the world. And it's essentially like the big daddy event. Like I've known about it for years. I've always wanted to go there. This is the place where every roller coaster manufacturer, waterslide manufacturer, dip and dots guy, franchise sales, food, vending, inflatables, Amusement rides, amusement, uh, amusements, games, uh, other food innovations, uh, vehicles for your park, trash cans, restrooms, and arcade and redemption machines all conglomerate under probably the biggest roof I have ever been underneath. It's easily like six or seven Costco's altogether, and it spills out of the outdoors, and it's right there at the Orlando Convention Center, down the street from Universal, SeaWorld's across the street. Go to Wawa, get yourself some sandwiches. Anyway, I got to go to this awesome industry event and it's the perfect Venn diagram with me right there in the middle and then pinball on one side and another circle of like, you know, roller coasters and theme parks, like my other big passion in life altogether together culminating in one place, how could I possibly miss it i didn't I got a a friend of a friend got me into this show got me onto the show floor and I was set loose and and it 's the kind of place where there's just no way to process everything that 's coming in there I mean just acres and acres of just every single thing that I love you know, in life as far as hobbies and enjoyment and then writing things and eating things it was all here it was all here so my approach to this is going to be Uh, A bit compartmentalized. Let's start with the pinball stuff. This is a pinball podcast after all. We care about the pinball. Let's start there. So I hit the door as soon as it opened up as soon as they would allow me to go in there, and it went right to the Jersey Jack booth. Jersey Jack was represented there, you know, and this wasn't strictly just a pinball convention where they have one of the largest booths of the expo. Um, They had themselves an end cap um, between some ticket redemption machines and coin pushers and, you know, somebody selling bowling alleys. It was nuts, Uh, but they were fairly well represented with eight games. They basically had two of each type, a limited edition and a CE uh for Toy Story for Godfather uh there was a uh, Guns of Roses there and also Thankfully, (laughs) they had themselves uh, Elton John, a CE, and a Platinum. And because it wasn't just all pinball people, there wasn't a half-hour line to wake through. There was most times no line to wake through. Just walk up and start playing. Maybe there was one or two people in front of you, but that was the most I saw throughout my 48 hours covering the convention. So I hit the floor, I hit the door, I hit JJP, and parked myself in front of an Elton John CE and put through like five, six, eight games through it. It's just that first morning, man. And so now I was able to come back, and I think I only put through like three, maybe four games total across both of them at Expo. And so here I got to have like a much more relaxed, you know, I wasn't playing in a four-person, you know, format. I was just able to sit there and kind of run through a game several times, try to dial in the shots. And I really, really like this freaking game. You know the music is Elton John. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, what's wrong with you? Um, You know it's it's absolutely serviceable. The shots though, they are themselves open. Now I've heard a lot of uh, uh, comparisons to this and Star Trek, uh, Steve Ritchie's other former game uh, with Stern, and that is true to a point. There's two ramps on this game that seem to be lifted almost directly intact from Star Trek. Uh, The one off the upper right flipper, kind of cross field ramp. Um, that one's represented here, and also uh, there's a ramp on the right side, which is also buried in there. But I don't want you to lose sight of the five other like ramps and wire form entrances that seem to be in this game, kind of in the layout just uh you know from the lower left to the upper right. Including a shot behind that uh, upper right flipper, which was my favorite shot of the game. So check this out. If you look at the play field, uh, there's a drop target there underneath the right uh, upper flipper. And uh, once you knock that down and it activates, you can shoot through in there. And uh, just before the shooter lane, actually, uh, the shooter lane actually kind of goes over it with a wire form. Um It shoots up into this rocket man ramp it 's the one with the rope lights on it the the there's a, an auto eject that sends the ball up around this wire form through the back of the play field, uh, swirling around behind the piano into the rope lights that follow. The ball, by the way, as it whips around there, it's so satisfying when it happens. I love doing that. Um, I love the, clock, the crocodile uh, Vuck shot. Uh, right next to that, the spinner shot. And the way that the spinner um, sounds are integrated there, like that was satisfying AF for me. Um, I feel like all the shots are reachable with this game. This is a very playable game for me. Uh, When I play Godfather, you know, I'm just kind of throwing the ball up at the back of the playfield and see where it goes. You know, this one I was able to play more deliberately, you know, stacking, you know, the the multi balls where they should be. um, You know, picking the the skill shot as it rotates through the five available different shots there. um, All while, you know, having this Elton John music going on. Now, it may not turn out to be the deepest code, uh, but for me and the level that I play at, I was having a good time every time I played this. I brought a couple of my coaster friends by, too, because, you know, they were there partaking of the other uh, activities. And, you know, they remarked they really liked it, too. A surprise hit also with both of them was Toy Story 4. They both really loved it. Uh, my friend Jeffrey, in particular, really enjoyed it. Now, he's a, an old-school, like, Disney guy, uh, you know, Disney Parks fans, worked at the parks, worked for the company, worked for other companies and things. And so, like, he already kind of has a, 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 an emotional attachment to, you know, to the theme and everything. Uh, but he liked playing it. He's like, this is like, you know, being at a carnival, I like hitting these shots. I like the lights that go off, you know, um, you know, so I actually came back to Toy Story four through his eyes. Um, you know, my friend Ryan, when we were playing and, you know, I have a new appreciation for that game. I see why that game does so well on location because you immediately have, uh, you know, a, a connection to that theme and the game plays pretty well, actually, you know, um, you know, it was fun for me. This was fun. So I wasn't at a pinball convention full of pinball people that are all way better at pinball than I am. I'm okay at it, right? I can drop catch, you know, I, I can figure out what the rules are. And with some precision every now and then hit a shot that I actually meant to do. So, um, you know, as I'm kind of showing him the game and kind of the, the different modes and how to start them, I had a ball cradled. I threw it right up into the left ramp to start a mode. And he's like, whoa, I love how you were just able to go and do that. And, man, that felt good. Felt like I was bowing Karens out here, man, like calling my shots and making them like I'm the man who saved pinball or something. That was that was really fun for me uh also fun at the booth ken cromwell and jersey jack himself uh they were floating around the booth the whole time you know talking to people coming by this is pinball this is what it is this is how you can get them here's how much they are here's what they cost to operate here's what they bring in in revenue because these are people with you know professional arcades you know do they want to buy a coin pusher or do they want to buy a coin muncher that's what they're there to figure out you know and they would keep coming up to me you know jack would come by what do you think of the game how do you like it you know what else would you want to see you know just a nice personable dude and, you know, he wasn't there being mobbed with fans. You know He wasn't there in the limelight wearing his uh, Dodgers sequined outfit that he was at Expo. He was just himself, man. It was really cool. And Ken Cromwell, one cool dude, man. You know, so uh, they had the, the Jersey Jack backdrop there. I was being a dork and, and doing a photo shoot with it and everything. He came up to me, Jack did, and, and uh, Ken shot some photos. Super fun. Like, what? A, what a couple of swell guys. I hope their little company ends up making it. <laughs> So, um, you know, I am enthusiastic about this. Are you buying an Elton John? Don, I would like to. I would like to at some point. You know, the the, the market, which I'll get into here in a bit, it's just it's nuts right now. There's so much coming at us. Uh, there's finite amount of resources, finite amount of space. So you've got to pick and choose your moves. But uh, I talked to other people that, you know, either they played Elton at Expo or, you know, they just heard word of mouth. Um, This game is awesome. I think once it gets out of the factory, which it sounds like the factory is just about tooled to start putting these into production, and they may have already started production, uh, we're going to see these on locations. I think the more people play this game, we're going to see this game take off more. Um, This isn't a game that's just sold on theme alone. Uh, Jack himself said during the Loser Kid interview that uh, this was the game that people said, Jack, what are you doing? This is a theme I'm not interested in. And then they played it, and then they bought one. And so I think we're probably going to see a lot more conversion for Jersey Jack once these games get out in location and people play them. I loved playing this game. I loved playing the Platinum Edition. I scored myself 72 million points on it. A personal record. A personal best. Um, and they actually had the cameras turned on here, so you were actually able to get your photos in there. So my photos were all over the Jersey Jack games. It was great. It was great. Um, I played more Godfather 2. Uh, the CE, particularly, because... That's been the hardest one for me to find. And um, I do like the game. I like how it shoots. I I think if they were going to make a Godfather game, this is how you make it. So well done, Eric, um, you know, on the design and everything. But I found out why it's not, you know, my favorite game, why I'm not buying one. And it's because I'm just not that good at it. Uh, Darn it, right? You know, and I mentioned, like, I'm relatively okay at pinball. I can hit shots when I need to. For whatever reason, with Godfather, I'm confused about the code and what I'm supposed to do. And the shots aren't. You know, very easy for me. I can't make the ball do what I want it to do. And some of that may be, you know, down to my own uh, lack of ability or something. But I can go on a Toy Story, and more often than not, I get a decent game where I can cause things to happen that I intend to happen and play through the modes and like have a, a satisfying, good play. Uh, with Godfather, more times than not, I'm losing balls down the middle of my flippers. I'm losing balls in the out lanes. Um, it's not as fun. It's not as satisfying. I, I get a mode started, it tells me what to do, and then I can't execute and balls drain and like that's the end of the game so that for me is not very fun you know um i don't mind you know challenging brutal games tna black knight sort of rage you know i, I love that um but I, I find i don't know just my skill does not match uh godfather so it's just it's not speaking to me that way like we are not um, a love connection right? To quote the old uh, Chuck Woolery there, two and two, we're not right back at you. Sorry. That's where I am on Godfather. I like playing it. And, you know, it was fun for me seeing it through my friend's eyes who aren't real pinball people um, and see like, wow, you know, look at what they put in here. They like the horse head shooter. They thought that was interesting. Aesthetically, it's a great looking game. And I love, love those leg irons that are on there. But, but for me, I don't, I just, I think I don't like it. And it may be because I'm just not that good at pinball. So, you know, if you're really good at it, maybe you have a different take. So that was the Jersey Jack booth. Um, I had a good time. I kept coming back there um, and just kept coming back and playing Elton John. Man, that game hits. It's as fun to play as Toy Story is with a theme that I think speaks to me a little bit more than just Toy Story 4 does. And there's more in it. It seems like there's more in the game. Uh, And, man, that topper with the projections, man. I mean, come on. If I get that game, i got to get the CE. The CE costs a lot, and that's kind of where I'm at on Elton John. So go play it and come up with your decisions. I'm very curious to watch what happens on the secondary market with Elton John over the next nine months. Man, I I may just get one of these yet. We'll see. Um, Down the road from them, of course, CERN was – was there they were presented with uh, about ten games back to back they had their insider connected going they had the leaderboards going that was stealing the show. Um, I stopped by and I set you know the the, the g c there on uh, on Gardens of the Galaxy and the two days that I was there at the event, my name was at the top of the leaderboard, and that made me feel Quite special and squishy inside. Uh, They had about four Venoms, two of the pros, two of the premiums. Uh, Deadpool was there. Uh, Most of the recent releases were there. You know, Foo Fighters was there. They did have a bond. I didn't get to play it that much. Uh, Most games had one person deep that were playing. You know, people were all having a good time. I will say I was right at the point in Venom with my Insider Connected log in uh i'm on my fourth playthrough now my fourth time beating null and i'm right at null like when i left the house to come down so when i scanned in i was able to like be on the show floor actually battling null and i may have been the one of the only ones that was doing that so that was kind of fun for me i really wanted to beat him on the show floor but i didn't just spend enough time there uh playing through it to do that but i was able to show off to my friends so thank you stern for allowing me to do that uh uncle gary was there uh seth davis was there with stern um, yeah, they didn't seem to have a whole lot of time for me, but these are busy guys with, with their huge company and everything. And I'm not going to, you know, try to get in their way when they're trying to make deals, you know, sell these things to hotels and stuff. Um, but yeah, I had a good time at the booth. I snagged some, uh, some flyers. Uh, so I could send those out in mailings. It was good. It was a good time. It was a good time. But it wasn't like the huge megalithic, uh, you know, uh, booth that we see when we go to Expo, where there's a red carpet laid out and everything. Um, it, it's just the 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 amusement industry in general um, is just orders of magnitude bigger than just pinball. So uh, it kind of got lost a little bit. Um, but I mean, you know, uh, it, it was fun going there and, and playing the games. I'm glad they were all on uh, free play. Uh, and insider connected was working. Oh, they also were running the newest code, which I was going to get to here in a bit. Uh, so I did get to see some of those ads. Um, And, uh, yeah, I have some thoughts on that. Uh, CGC was there. Met up with Ryan over there uh, at the booth. They had about, uh, I think, eight back-to-back Pulp Fiction span, which that was fantastic. Everybody that played it loved it. You know, anybody that had any kind of uh, connection to Pulp Fiction, especially my friends of mine, you know, seeing pinball through their eyes, uh, this is Pulp Fiction. You know, they were saying, you know, this is a theme that absolutely does speak to me. It was on family-friendly mode, but I did hear the call-outs, and I just can't wait to get this thing home. And put it in adult mode and, like, just hear Pulp Fiction acted out in front of me in pinball form. I'm in on an SE, and I can't wait for it. Um, You know, but talking to him there, I was able to look underneath the play field at these what were still prototype machines. um, And they are exceptionally well made. They had a couple of Cactus Canyons there, too. So, of course, I did ask, you know, so what's going on with the production? Where are you at? Uh, the sense I got is they are um, just about exhausted of building Cactus Canyons and can't wait to move on to something else. And as, as Pinball buying public, we can't wait for them to move on either. Uh, but Pulp Fictions will be coming out. They made that golden sample or whatever. Uh, the thing that they really are committed to more than anything else, though, is quality, is quality control which I don't think is a thing that we need to fault CGC over. I don't think I've ever heard of any issues from any CGC remade machines. And uh, getting into that a little bit, I was told that uh, if a game is not passing its quality control at the end – Uh, that game is ripped apart and sent back down the line to to redo whatever it is that's that's acting up Uh, you know no just patch job get it out no let's send it and we'll we'll fix it with a code update like if it's not working it goes in the back of the line it doesn't leave the factory and so that is really hampering the numbers that's why they're not doing 500 units a week um, you know or anything like that but what does come out is solid and so for that i am thankful you know it's all fun and games until you're the one that gets something where like a board is just not working and now your game has to sit there for weeks while you're waiting to diagnose what the problem is and get things back to you so i'm glad that they do as much robust testing as they do and i can't wait to see like an actual final production pulp fiction hopefully you know in my house um now, the operators will be getting them first, and then it sounds like the s e s might be following with the uh, l e s then uh, you know trailing after or intermingled there we 'll have to see um, you know how they do with this. Um, but, uh, yeah, very excited for Pulp Fictions to get going. Um, I did notice that they have the old style coin door, um, the silver one that was on these machines. I think most of the machines that I've played, the one in Interium and then, uh, Logan Arcade on the way to the airport, uh, they were, had the, uh, the black door for operators. So I, maybe that's why I didn't notice. I think at Chicago Expo, they may have had the same door that's on them now, the old Bally Williams door with the start button and the coin door. And I just probably didn't notice cause I was running around Expo so while well, so much. I think I only played Pulp Fiction one time. Uh, while I was there so uh, I thought that was new I posted it but then I was quickly corrected but I love the look of this game you know I mean we don't have to sing the praises of Pulp Fiction's. you guys get it uh, you know so CGC was there I grabbed a stack of their uh, flyers so I can mail those out too uh, and put them in little gift bags and things it'll be fun uh the final pinball company that I did see there was actually American pinball. These guys they must have got their booth late or something. They were all the way against the wall at the back of the or at the front of the the, the show floor uh, with a total of three games uh Galactic Tank Force was there, Legends of Valhalla, which has a sweet spot for me, and then a hot wheels, two banners, and one salesman and that was it. Uh so yeah, nothing new to report on Galactic Tank Force. It wasn't the uh the the signature or the limited edition with the tank or the deluxe, what they call it. Um it was just their their uh their standard, which is the, is that the deluxe is the standard? I get so confused um with their different trim levels. Uh Legends of Ahalala was there playing just like Legends of Valhalla does. I like that game. If it was a homebrew that I made, I'd be exceptionally proud of it. Um and you know, it's actually probably of all the American pinball games. The one that I wouldn't mind putting in my game room the most uh, is Legends of Valhalla, believe it or not. Um, It it shoots well every time I play it. Uh, It's got magnets in it. It, it, It's a fun to play. It's a fun to play game. I would take it over Oktoberfest. I would take it over Houdini, uh, which is currently on the line right now. So... Uh, And talking to the salespeople, they do have some backstock of Legends of Valhalla. it sounds like. And there may be some holiday sales coming up. So if you want to add one of these things, watch for that coming. Um, I know that they were interviewed there at IAPA, and they revealed that the next three games, which are coming, are all original licenses. So this flies right into the face of the Masters of the Universe rumor that we've heard. I want me some He-Man, man. Somebody got that license. Somebody needs to make it. I'm hoping this was like a misquote um, that the next three games they release are all going to be original themes again. Are, are we going to see the Galactic Tank Force trilogy? Was this the first one? Was this the A New Hope and the Empire Strikes Back version of Galactic Tank Force, um, Anoya's Revenge, you know, re- return of the Anoya? Is that, is that what's coming next? Is that what we're going to see? Is that what you're doing to me, David Fix? Right, am I going to have three tanks in my living room to have the trifecta? Maybe stack them all in a uh, pyramid formation. Maybe the ultimate topper can be just another pinball machine on top of your pinball machine uh we'll get exhibit on that maybe he could do the the market research for us uh so poor american pinball man they must have uh, blown everything on expo and just you know there must have been a late entry or something um but you know floor space is at a premium at this place my god man just if i could just take a second um you know imagine a world imagine imagine like 16 super walmarts or 10 costcos or 10 sam's clubs uh but you know better quality and just full of, like, everything you could see. There was, like, city blocks of amusement games. Uh, amusement games, prize cubes, uh, uh, crane games, bowling alleys. At least three or four different manufacturers of bowling alleys uh, were there. Like, selling things that you could put in your own dang home. Like, if you want a short alley, you want a long alley, you want duck pin, you want full-size, full-scale, ball return, seats, everything. I mean, it ran the gamut. I was quoted around twenty five to $30,000 for an in-home home Mechanically operated bowling alley. That is a steal, man. When I've looked at it before, it was like fifty, seventy five thousand dollars per lane, and that was used equipment. So to get something like that, like feasibly into the home, like if you if you got a baller mansion or something, how cool would that be to have a, uh, a bowling alley, man? I got that in the back of my mind. So um, you know, if if I win the lottery. I won't say anything, but there will be signs, right? There will be bowling alleys. That's how you will know. There will be bowling alleys and a ton of pinball machines. And these claw machines are nuts, man. Um, Somebody had a claw machine full of little uh, little cocktail bottles uh, to get for your bar, right? You could put this thing in your bar, put a dollar into it, two dollars into it, whatever, scan your phone, and then go in there and grab liquor bottles and do some uh, fireball shots or something. What a cool novel innovation. If I was half lit at a bar, I would go over and play this damn thing. Um, so, you know, yeah, geniusness. That's what we saw. Acres and acres of this. Um, um, all sorts of uh, you know, Chinese manufacturers were there with things that were just blowing my mind as far as like, you know, you know the integration and the LED lights and everything. Uh, coin flippers, coin pushers. Uh, every, every manner of way to steal the money from you and put a smile on your face there was acres of people selling different kinds of plush toys man you could have a plush toy manufacturer person there was arcade or uh, the, the games of skill games of chance midway style games set up and you could all play them too they were all there on free play if you won you got a token you got enough tokens you went over to the plush guy and he gave you a plush toy and, and you know they were there to, to sell these things um, children were allowed there it was fun to see the kids trying out everything and see what they would like uh, there was at least seven different animatronic Dinosaur manufacturers with with whole dinosaurs on display. Buy some dinosaurs for your house or amusement park. There was a whole district dedicated to just water parks and water park innovations. I was talking to a guy from Poland Water Parks. They're a Turkish firm that builds water slides, and they can customize and create everything, and, and, and coordinate the building on site. They'll do everything except the concrete, but they have they'll, they'll point you in the direction of a, a concrete contractor. And you know, I, I was leveled with the guy. And I'm like, look, I am here with a pinball podcast, okay? I've got a home arcade. I occasionally put a game on location, and like that is it. I'm not interested in buying a water slide, though. I would love to. I don't want to waste your time, sir. And he's like, that's great, that's great. We can handle every step of manufacturing and design for. For this incredible ride. Look at this, and and he had me half convinced that I need to go purchase a two hundred thousand square foot indoor outdoor water park arena. So you know, I went home with that. I'm getting follow up emails now, and and like I'm seriously trying to talk myself out of opening a water park resort now. Thanks, Poland Water Parks. That is the power of marketing. I went to Italy. Over the summer, and I went to Gardaland near Lago de Garda in the north of Italy. It's a big theme park, and they have a Jumanji dark ride, which at the time I mentioned would make a great pinball theme, man. You could pick The Rock, yeah, you could pick uh, uh, Jack Black Black's uh, character, or the other ones, um, and then go on your adventure. I still think that would work. Um, but you know, they had this elaborate sculpting on the outside of this giant hippo coming out of the building, ready to gobble your head. And I met the company that did the theming for that. Um, the the place was nuts. This experience, um, I, I, I climbed through a multi-story, uh, crocheted, um, best way to describe it is like crawling inside of, of the world's largest hacky sack. And there was multiple levels inside the top functioned as a trampoline. The thing was nuts. It was crocheted by hand. Go check out the live streams I did on the Facebook page, uh, Don's Pinball Podcast. And I, I went through and did live streams as I was walking around the show floor, and one of them was crawling through this uh, this cross between um, you know, the, an Epcot Geodesic Sphere and a hacky sack and a womb and a trampoline is the only way I can describe it. <laughs> so, uh, so go check that out. They had a whole row of people making food, man. Uh, vendors selling uh, waffles, popcorn, and uh, Dots, shakes. And it was just like, here's free sample heaven, man um you know if if heaven has a half pipe they have an iapa expo um it, ha- it seemed like a quarter of the the space was dedicated to just inflatable things um and then roller coaster manufacturers were there there's a there's a theme park down near flipping out in, in southern indiana near evansville in santa claus indiana called holiday world this theme park is themed around different holidays of the year they have a christmas section they have a thanksgiving section they have a halloween a fourth of july section and a big water park their thanksgiving section is getting a ride themed to riding in a gravy boat it's a roller coaster where all of the roller coaster cars look like gravy boats with gravy dripping out the front it's called gravy train i think it's gravy train um no it 's called good gravy. It should have been called gravy train, but that was there on display. They had a couple of cars from the train. you could come up, you could touch them you could feel the gravy um, it, it was just it was just a, a nuts experience i don 't know what you 're doing next November, but if you care about themed entertainment at all uh, you know amusement devices, get yourself to this expo i don 't think i 'm ever going to miss it. This was just so incredibly fantastic. So check out the live streams that I did. I did one where I walked the show floor. There's no way to show the whole thing, but I showed I showed it for about an hour or so, and it, just, it was just it was just insane. Uh, Don't spinball podcast. Check out the Facebook page. Give me a like. Give me a follow. I would appreciate that. Let's get into some more breaking pinball news. Black Knight Sword of Rage. Right. That topper has been listed on Pinside for like $2,000, $3,500, and then lately I've noticed a trend of Black Knight sort of Rage toppers with the movable head and the feather and everything showing up on Pinside in greater frequency, all between this $2,500 to $3,500 price point, and that had to be in anticipation of this. Some people needed to hear about this, and we're trying to beat the rush... <laughs> Somebody bought one of these on eBay and then was able to cancel their order. It's being remade, you guys. They're remaking the Black Knight Sword of Rage uh, topper the $2000 thing is now being remade by Stern Pinball. <laughs> give me some air horns on that. So, this topper retail back in what 2019 when the game came out $449. You can go and find historical posts um, from from uh, dealers that list this at 449 and sold out. Well, now it's going for $1,499, $1,500 and Stern is remaking these. Distributors are getting them uh, they're they're opening their coffers right now. Uh, you know, so go get one if you want to get one. This thing has been so unobtainable that people have been spending multiple thousands of dollars for. And now Stern has kind of cut the market off at the knees and set the new standard. So if you have one of these used, you're now going to be lucky to get 1200 bucks for it. Because $1,449, $1,499, I think it is, uh, is what you can get one of these from your distributor for if you have a Black Knight Sword of Rage, which I want to talk about more now. So I was rumoring... And this just occurred to me, you know, a few weeks ago, looking what's on the market, look what Stern's been doing, especially since Stranger Things has been rerun. They're looking at the market and seeing what the resale on these games is. They're seeing where the demand is on these games. And of course, for Stranger Things, it was through the roof. It's one of these games that came out kind of early pandemic, pre-pandemic, and then everything kind of shut down. The arcade shut down. People weren't buying things. And so since they weren't being sold in large numbers, they weren't produced in large numbers. And then they just kind of fell off the wayside as the whole world that we live didn't change because of COVID. Well, because of that, on the secondary market and with the better code that Stranger Things has, of course, it's commanding higher and higher prices. Uh, you know, I saw a Stranger Things premium going for fourteen thousand dollars used, and I thought that was a good deal. Le's forget it, man. Eighteen thousand plus to try to get close to one of those. Even the pros were maintaining eight thousand or above to get one of these games. And you know, when they came out, they were only you know less than six thousand dollars. You know, now they're here, greater than eight to ten, depending on you know the quality of it and what mods were added to it and how desperate the market. It was so stern came out and they're like you know what pros premiums we're redoing them and we're going to honor our current pricing and then boom that's what they did so that got me thinking what other games are kind of of that era that maybe undersold due to the you know the strangeness of the market the softening that was going on the hesitation that the consumers had at the time and then fell off and once you know it black net sort of rage i think fits right in that spot but don people were saying Black Knight Sword of Rage is not in demand. Uh, you know, what are you talking about? Why would they rerun this game if it's not an incredible demand? And I will say to you, have you do you even know Pinside Dude? I've been on there because I do kind of like this game. After meeting Steve Ritchie at Expo, I have an even greater appreciation for the dude and his like taunts and his call outs from that game. Even the Black Knight Sword of Rage Pro, it plays fast, it plays brutal. This is the type of game I want to have at home where I can play, I can suck at it and I can just hit start and play again and just do it over and over until I can you know, get better at that game and not just run through $25 every time I go to the arcade to try to do it right on location. Plus it's got insider connected. It's a spike Two system. It's got the LCD screen and there's tons of achievements that I haven't even started to get with this. So, um, you know, I've been looking kind of low key the past month or so for one of these games. Now a game from 2019, from Stern, a pro by now in today's market should be going for like forty five hundred dollars. Honestly, routed or not routed, you know maybe five thousand if there's you know ultimate mods on there in the topper or something. You know how much it's going for on Pinside? It's going for nothing because you can't buy one because there ain't none listed currently right now on Pinside. There are no Black Knight Sort of Rages listed at all. There was one earlier in the week. It got posted around November eleventh. For $6,300 or best offer, and it got listed pending in a day, I emailed the guy to see if I could pick it up if the deal fell through, and he said, sorry, man, the dude bought it. Boom, it's gone, and there are currently no pros listed for sale. On Pinside, the biggest, you know, go to any game right now, look at Foo Fighters, look at Venom, there are tons of them for sale. Black Knight Soda Rage, there are no pros. There are three premiums. There are six LEs, and that is it. So I think that there is actually a market for this game because when they are coming up for sale, they are selling and they're not sitting there. Um, so I think that uh, the the topper coming out is a precursor to what we're going to see. My hope is that they're going to rerun these games. At least the pros, please do the pros. I'll buy a pro right now, flat out, no hesitation. They announce pros, I'm getting a pro. But even if there are premiums, um, I, I would consider that too. I was at Logan Arcade playing the premium, which I don't have a whole lot of time on, and I kind of was developing a, uh, a, a an interest in that upper play field. I think it blocks a ton of the game. You can't see what's going on in the back there. I get it. It slows the game down. I get it. It was fun, though, playing with that. And it is a huge upper play field that's there. Um, and, and, and at least there is a lot more that you get you know, when you go premium because it's such a big piece of real estate up there. It's on an acrylic. It was kind of beat up. It was hard to see through it. Maybe to be better in a home environment. But still, you know, if they did a pro, I would buy a pro right now this second. Black Knight Sword Rage. I'm ordering a topper just in anticipation that I'm going to get this game at some point. I want the taunting Black Knight to yell at me. I want Steve Ritchie to yell at me, sir, in my basement. Um, you know. Uh, So there's been some speculation also that what they will run will not be a pro will not be a premium, but will actually be another LE. I believe only 600 LEs were made uh, back in the black night days. So they could do another drop of 400 of these at 12999. I think that would be a little bit much. You could get there's there's an LE right now. It's been routed eighty seven hundred dollars. Uh, somebody sold an LE with a topper for ten thousand. I've seen another one for ten thousand five. There's some for twelve five. Some some mad lads trying to really gouge the market there. But I think if Stern were to come out with a, a line of brand new LEs reissued for Black Knight Sword of Rage at twelve nine ninety nine, I think we would see um, them being available also for ten to eleven uh, use. And I would probably go in on that. So if you want to go in on one of these though, where are you going to go? Well, you should email Jeff at Mad Pinball. Let's hear from our sponsor. Here it comes I love it. Lost my ball. I'm so bad. Flipper stuck, now I'm sad. Mad Pinball is coming up, y'all. Play pinball with my dad. Straight out of Ohio, man. Get your game on. Pin, go, Mad, pinball. Email Jeff, tell him I sent you. I want to try that number and see if it actually is a real number. Ooh, email Jeff at MadPinball.com. Tell him, hey, Don sent me over here, man. You need to send that guy a cheeseburger or something because he's pumping your stuff, man. Uh, but for real, uh, there's so many games that are coming out and people have years-long waiting lists. Not Mad Pinball, man. Get in there on the ground floor. He can make it happen. The dreams are alive. The dreams are coming from – Oh, I was going to say Orlando. <laughs> Ohio. The cream of the crop rises to the Cuyahoga, so get there and get you some. Oh yeah, from uh, from from Jeff and Matt. So. Uh Black Knight Sword of Rage, the toppers are coming out, man. He's got them, or he's got. he's taking lists, he's taking orders. Get you one if you need to have one, man. It's got the movable head, yo. Um, but how crazy is it that we are here in 2023, the year of our Lord, uh, nearing December, the end of the year, and we're talking about Black Knight Sword of Rage toppers. Did anybody see this coming two months ago? Did anybody see this coming two days ago? Just dropped on us. We're talking Black Knight Sword of Rage for some reason. And the reason we're talking about it is because there's none available. Uh, and there's a few premiums, a few LEs, but that sought-after pro that plays brutally heavy where you can see everything that the ball is doing is unavailable currently, and I want one. So it makes sense for Stern to rerun those. There is a market for them. I'm telling you guys there's a market for them. Um, also, here's, and here's, here's, the here's the other thing. Here's me forecasting into the future. This is another thought that had occurred to me. What is another game kind of of this era that didn't sell very well, and there is currently a demand for, you know it, as the Munsters. That's right. Grandpa's Dungeon to the Herman uh, Bash toy to those crazy ramps that showed up. So Munsters, that John Borg game, Christopher Franchi art, Dwight Sullivan on code, right? Like, like the, the, the future team that would uh, have their fingers in Venom. Well, at least Dwight did. Um, but monsters, right? Look at this game and look at what this thing's selling for. Look at how unavailable it is on Pinside. Look at how much they want for a limited edition. It's like $16,000 plus. Even the premium is coming up close to that price. I've seen $12,000. i have seen $14,000. If you want a monsters, especially with that topper, forget it. This is another game that they are probably going to run again. If they're not going to run again, they've seriously looked at doing it and there's some kind of licensing that would hold it up, but I would expect this game... Given what we've seen from Stern recently, it would not surprise me to see this thing re-released, especially the topper, the side armor, um, the accessories, and the game itself, at least in, in limited numbers. I don't know that they would do another Ellie, or if they would just do pros and premiums, but this is a game that I think nowadays is sought after. It was not sold out to where it should have been initially or could have been, just because of the era. This is another game of that era that I would see. So... We've seen it with Stranger Things. I think we're in the middle of seeing it with Black Knight Sort of Rage. I think we're going to see it with Monsters. I wouldn't mind having like a limited Monsters. I think it's a cool looking game. Um, I need to explore the code a bit more because the gameplay is a little a little light on things. You know, there's a bash toy. Uh, there's some orbits. You know, orbits aren't really toys. There's a couple of ramps which are you know serviceable, but they're not like they're not Elton John. You know, but I could still see a market there. Based on what the the availability for this games isn't, and for what the price that they're commanding is, especially for a topper, man, what if they did a cuckoo clock topper, like 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 a new, finally finished that concept they want to do with like the cuckoo clock up there with like a movable bird that comes out and chimes at you, or or maybe hurls insults like from the show? I would be all over an le package that included that, included armor, included everything. Forget it, man. Twelve ninety nine. Take my money on a monsters if it's fully dressed like that. I'll put it right next to my Elvira. Uh, right next to my Elvira that somebody is is uh, probably going to purchase from me here pretty soon. I'll get to more of that in a bit. What else is going on? Spooky Pinball is about to release a game. <laughs> This is how nuts it is right now that we're almost 40 minutes into this. We haven't even got to spooky pinballs teasing a new game right now. Like actively mailing out care packages to pinball personalities. Heck, even I might even get picked next to open one of these things. Kerry Hardy just did a a live stream last night where he got all kinds of goodies from, from, from Santa Spooky, including a prototype part for their next game. These brohards are ready to release something else pretty soon. I was speculating that it would be reasonable to expect something at, at uh, Texas Pinball Festival in March. I think they might do what they did this year. No, last year in December was right around this time of the year is when we finally got the reveal of Scooby-Doo. And then the order banks opened up and then production started after the first of the year. They kind of shut down in December. They retooled the factory. And then when everybody came back from the holidays in January, it was Scooby-Doo season. And I think, I mean, the timing is perfect for this to be another repeat of that. I, I think they're, they'll, they'll be built through their Scooby-Doo's. I don't think they sold nearly as many standard editions and bloodsucker editions as they did that that collector's edition, man. That collector's edition of Scooby-Doo is loaded with everything you would want. You know, what's a couple extra thousand bucks when you're already at that level to get everything, the powder coat, the art, um, even the butter for me, man. I got a buttery, buttery Scooby-Doo. I love me that game. So they've got another game that's coming out. We've seen a prototype, uh, like like 3D-printed or resin-printed uh, bookshelf mechanism. Uh, Kerry Hardy has some kind of subway ramp. Um, who, what are we going to see next? You know, Nap Arcade may be getting one of these. Um, you know, these things may be showing up. So I'm going to be watching the live streams, and I hope it's something where, like, every person gets, like, some other component. And then at the end, we can kind of piece it all together and, like, figure out what's really happening. Oh, uh, on Bug Scream and Swing, Scream and Stream. Oh, Why would you pick that name? That's hard for me to say. Um, They gave out a a prototype part to a listener. So there's a listener that's going to be getting some. So there's something out there in the ether that hasn't even made its way into the public eyeball knowledge yet that we're going to see. So I'm hype on this game. I have no idea what it is. They didn't tell me. And if they did drop hints, I was so dense I didn't pick up on it. I've heard everything from Princess Bride to Beetlejuice to Texas Chainsaw Massacre to Saw. We did get that uh, rumor uh, during a, a live stream that I did. Uh, that, that spinning, in quotation marks, was a clue. So spinning what? It's spinning Tiny Dancer, for all I know. Spinning Tony Danza. Spinning Sawblade? What if Spooky Pinball is doing a Saw game? I know a whole cadre of people that are working on a homebrew for that theme, and for Spooky to come out with like their own version of it, that would be like, 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 like slapping the waterbed and watching the ripple effect throughout the community. That would be wild, and it might happen, man. I honestly have no idea what game they're making. Um, is it is it even going to be one game? Maybe it's two games with like multiple different uh, themes on one playfield. Who really knows? I've heard Looney Tunes. I've heard other things with Warner Brothers. I want Animaniacs. We'll see what's happening. But I think we're gonna find out soon. I think we're gonna find out soon. Like like next month we're gonna know Um, and so I'm I'm eagerly anticipating that Stern can drop anything on us at any time there might be another cornerstone from Stern for all we know in the next month revealed Uh, crazy things are happening right now in pinball it hasn't slowed down since I started I thought March was gonna be the apex and it's done nothing but steamroller on ahead Uh, the landscape's changing Stern has a new factory Jersey Jack dropped Elton John on us and it's good it's actually really good it's fun to play and I think we'll be seeing that out on Location soon. What else do we have? The, uh, Big Lebowski's got mods coming out. Leor is overhelming the, the mod development over there. He released his toilet mod. If you haven't seen it, go check it out on Facebook. This is a sculpted toilet from the bathroom of the dude from the movie, from the scene where he's sitting on the toilet. The people have invaded his house. They're looking for the money because they got the wrong Lebowski, right? The dude pulls the bowling ball out of the bag and he looks at, at, at the dude and he's like, what's this? And then dude comes back with like the best one line in the entire movie. Obviously, you're not a golfer, right? It's a bowling ball. It's not a golf ball. He drops it, cracks the tiles, and those cracked tiles are represented in the sculpt of this toilet. I'm so excited about a toilet, you guys. Lior's toilet, I don't know where it bolts into the game yet or anything, but the bowling ball is there on the floor with the cracked tile sculpt underneath. Man, the attention to detail on this thing is amazing. I haven't heard yet on a price. This thing has to be at least $225. If it's $1, it's 225 at least, I would think, given his pedigree and what he does so that has been revealed we've seen a teasing of the art blades for big Lebowski and I think they light up and I think they're made out of that plexi acrylic I haven't seen a price on those yet or when those are coming but they've been teased a topper is coming um, and and the word that I got was soon but not definite but I, I probably the next couple of weeks you know maybe heck maybe at the end of this week we might see it for all I know um, if you see it I can't believe how excited I am for a toilet mod. But uh, that is coming. When is it coming? Who knows? Where can you get it? So this is only available through the U.S. distributors for Dutch Pinball. So... If you want, email Jeff about this, and maybe he can get in to be a distributor with Dutch Pinball. That'd be fantastic. However, uh, Melissa Cointaker and Little Shop of Games in Florida are the two that are listed for the U.S. distributors um, of these mods. Um, and if you want to get in on these art blades, they're probably taking lists for those, too. Um, you know, but but the, the way Mad Pinball's going, man, we're going to take over the world. Anyway, enough about me chatting up my awesome and, and attractive sponsor. Uh, that's coming. Oh, also, okay, finally, We've come to the end. We've come to the end of my recap of my crazy week. I've been going 100 miles an hour all week long, man. I'm just starting to catch my breath. It still hasn't even sunk in everything I did. There's an Epcot live stream. I want to talk about that for a second. I, I, I tried to come on and do live streams covering like the news and things that I was seeing just to share my experience with everybody. So follow the Facebook page if you haven't done that. Um, I've done what I have not seen any pinball podcaster do, and that is a live stream from Epcot during fireworks. What other pinball podcaster has had fireworks going off? Remember that for your 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 twippy voting. Um, but that was just like such a cool cool thing. I love the people in this hobby, and I like that you know I can veer off a little bit from the pinball content or talk about pinball, but in a different venue. Um, I like to travel. I love theme parks. So I was walking around the Mexico Pavilion at Epcot. We went on a ride. I live streamed it. I had the whole boat to myself, so I didn't disturb anybody else, and, and I got to share it with like 10, 15 people. You know, David Van S came on there from Labyrinth and, and gave us some some hints on some code updates that are coming. So go check that out if you haven't. You know, if you're bored, throw it up on the big screen. Um, you know, put it up on your iPad. You know, come with me on a walk around Epcot. We walk, to, we watch uh, the fireworks. We go on a ride. We talk pinball. We interact. It's a lot of fun, man. And I want to keep it going. I want to keep doing that. Uh, my Venom is still for sale. Um, I ended up. I think I'm going to sell my Elvira to this buyer instead. So. If you want a chance to own the best-looking Venom Premium on the planet, I'm talking about LE Armor. I'm talking about Art Blades. I'm talking about Shaker Motor, Knocker, Topper. It looks flipping amazing. I've powder-coated the whole thing. It's got uh, the shiny chrome embellishments on the coin door. Go check this thing out. Before the hounds of Pinside get turned loose on it, because I think in the next week it's going to be going up on there. But if you want to get one, we'll negotiate on a price, man. Tell me what you want to pay. No reasonable offer is refused. I don't want to publicly disclose like like a price goal. There's no reserve on this. Let's just do it. no reserve. You, if you're interested in playing this game, uh, it's great condition. It's uh, you know new out of box with all these mods, mods that nobody else has. I've got the Taco Bell Tower mod on this. I've got the Don's Pinball Podcast Spinner on this venom this is the greatest looking venom premium in the world it's got it's powder coated just like the le is it's got the le armor on it um i I can't sing the praises of this game enough I, i love playing this game i've got even more mods i'm adding to it maybe tonight so look for that video on youtube but if you want a chance to own it Go ahead and throw me an offer, man. Um, you know, best offer gets it. Uh, let's just have fun with it. I think next week, if I don't have a buyer, I'll throw it up on the pin side and we'll let the hounds, uh, you know, fight over it. But this is a great Venom. Buy it for your location. Buy it for your pizza parlor. Buy it for your home. Buy it for your ex-wife's home if you want to. If she's not a Venom fan, yeah, that'll show her. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um Thanks once again for joining me here at Don's Pinball Podcast, a passion project of mine to share my perspective of the pinball world. Email me at donspinballpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Give me your feedback, man. I love it. Go to the Facebook page and do a follow. That's where I drop a lot of the live streams. I'm going to be moving more towards YouTube, so bookmark, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's also Don's Pinball Podcast. Join the Patreon if you want to get on some special exclusives. We've been booming over there with new members. Uh, we have some member exclusives coming up, including a holiday t-shirt that will only be available to Patreon members. $5 gets you in the door, gets you to the party. Come on over for a month and check it out. Um, we're having good times there. I've got plans for more things to do, and that is where I try to drop Drop content as soon as I can. Don Spinball Podcast, taking over the space, We're tailing with you while you drive around in your car. That didn't rhyme. Don Spinball Podcast at gmail.com. Get at me, man. Let's be happy. We got so many games that are coming out and so many more that are about to come out. Big stuff is coming even next month, and I'll be covering it here, man. So drop a like, drop a subscribe, give me a dab, yo. It's good. It. Later.